My name is Nate Phillips, and I am the champion of J.I.W. After our debut episode of season four took the world by storm, the high, yeah, that's right, the highest rated premiere in J.I.C.N. history, and it's all because of me. And this is my confidant, the man closest to me. Hit him with a little bit of that bubbly buckles. Check us out on Journey Into Wrestling, where the podfather and I run down everything from the bingo halls to the brightest delights. If it's in between the ropes, it's on Journey Into Wrestling. Every other Wednesday on the Journey Into Comics Network. What on earth is that? It's a Journey Into Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey Into Comics Network. This is the Journey Into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Jimmy Chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. Today, if I'm not mistaken, today is Journey into Comics 317. I'm your host, Nate. Today, joining me once again, the impeccable Brando. How's it going, my brother? It's going all right. It is um, 2020 is continuing to just ravage us all. Uh, it knows no bounds, and uh, it is unforgiving. Yeah, yeah man, I am... Um not really excited to jump into this but uh i guess we have to as we start here and i'm not to to make light of the reality but it's one of those things man we're losing genuine legends in 20 in the year 2020 uh kobe was unexpected ruth bader ginsburg not unexpected per se but untimely and, and not what we all wanted to have happen in the now uh, a musician that I think we both admire and have a lot of respect for, Eddie Van Halen, has passed away. Uh, I do believe at the age of 64, from uh, he battled cancer. So that was a really shocking headline. I remember I literally allowed, and I didn't mean to. I just was like, "Fuck!" So that's all I could say. I was blown away. I saw it right when I pulled into the driveway after work, and I was just like, <sighs> "Damn it." You know, it's like, yeah, you know, I, I also had heard that he had been fighting cancer. And um, it's it just kind of something like you didn't hear anything for kind of a long time, you know. And you, you were kind of hoping that he was going to kind of pull out of it and maybe, you know, 
maybe kind of get better. But, um, you know, 2020 strikes again. Um, I think there's going to be a new episode of Podcastrophe this week that I'm on. And I talk a little bit in that episode about how pretty much I'm living in like an existential fear and terror that's causing like a bout of depression. Um, And I'm sure most people feel that way. It's like, it's not necessarily that I'm just like clouded and like suffering in a deep depression. It's just like, I guess I feel hopeless. Hopeless. Well, there's nothing to give us hope right now, man. Everything, 2020 has been the year that has literally, in one way or another, in some capacity or another, no matter who you are as an individual human on planet Earth, something has been taken from you. And and, and in a lot of ways, more ways than one. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, we've acclimated a new life, which has created new change. And, you know, talk about the depression, man. I feel it. I feel it on a deep level. I know exactly what you're feeling. Because no matter where you turn, no matter what you do, when you're looking on your Facebook or you're in the news or anything, it's just there's an overwhelming. And I mean, we've lived in a lot of overwhelming time, Brandos. We live in not through 9-11 and all kinds of crazy shit. But like this time feels overwhelming and hopeless because it's not stopped. There hasn't been a moment of breath where the world has just went, <gasps> everything's okay. Because yeah. it's not. It's really fucking far from okay. <sighs> No, no, you're right. And, um, you know, it's definitely not the way that we definitely want to start doing a a show that's centered around comic books and fun and magic and mystical and, like, you know, fun. (laughs) But, but, like, we would be remiss not to mention Eddie Van Halen. I mean, come on. Oh, absolutely. I think that we would see an eruption from people if we if we did not. I'm just I'm just saying people would be very angry with Mm. us if I did not mention uh, or if we didn't bring it up, because I'm trying to make light of it, because I feel like that's all you can do is have some levity in a dark time, because if we don't at least not take ourselves too seriously in these serious times, we have hope. And we can find hope in each other and we can find hope with our listeners listening to this and hopefully getting some some level of enjoyment when you're tuning in. I hope that when we're uh, penetrating your ear holes, you are, you know, uh, deep in, in pleasuring enjoyment of, of what we're trying to say to you and bring to you our message and, and, and all that. Um, so, yeah, you'll probably hear me drop a bunch of different random Van Halen references today, guys. And if you can find them all, you might win a prize. Who knows? Maybe. Um no, it's just like that hit me pretty hard because um, uh, at my dad's funeral, I played jump um, because one of the you know, I, I have a lot of music memories with my dad, country music, classic rock music um, a lot. But there was one memory that just stuck out to me, like, like when I was trying to put together some sort of like semblance of service or anything, the best that I could do. Um. I knew that if I played certain songs, I would just probably bubble into it, just a, a, like, like a like a mess of emotion, and I didn't want that. Maybe I'm a you know maybe maybe next time, <laughs> you know, when it's not some. Uh, even though it was like almost two months, it was two months. It was over two months after he passed that we finally got to have the service. I couldn't do that because every once in a while I'll think of those songs and I will get pretty emotional. But this was a happy emotion, and I wanted it to be weirdly enough like a celebration of him and uh being a kid he used to play softball a lot in the like in the 70s 80s and 90s early 90s i remember we uh we went to i believe it the one i really remember is like um in rossville uh, illinois 
and it would, they were playing, and before every game, he would open up his trunk and blare a cassette of 1984 Van Halen, and it was jump. Oh, yeah. He'd always play jump, and that was a th- that was just his ritual thing to kind of hype everybody up, and so that's what I did. I sent him off with jump, and uh, then, I, then I read that, and it was like, man, shit. Yeah, it was... Uh... The thing I think that sucks too is is that that band really strived to continue to do as much as they could con- despite him having cancer. I mean, and here we are again talking about another person who is a very important icon. We lost Chadwick Boseman as well. Let's not forget about him. Mm. Uh, cancer, cancer, cancer. So I don't know what it is, folks. I don't know what's in the water. I don't know what it is that we're eating. But uh, as a whole, as a nation, we've got to come together and figure this out because I feel like we are the most cancer-ridden country in the world. And that's that's a dangerous thing to be to be where it's more common for us to lose people to cancer than any other thing, you know? I don't know. I don't remember what kind of cancer Chavik Bozeman had. Um, I do believe it was colon. Colon cancer. Um, yeah, and they just found it. Like he was one, he was really young to have it, and two, they because he was so young, he hadn't obviously hadn't gotten checked, and they found it in a pretty late you know progression. Um, because I know that Eddie was throat cancer, which I mean he was a pretty big chain smoker for a long time, you know. So uh, yeah, you know it's really it's a real shame. He's a he's a legend in the legend in music, whether. With, with, whether you liked any era of the band, whether it was early uh, Hagar era, you know, it's it's all Van Halen. Um, I know that I was a little bit disappointed when I first heard the new album, like the or the newest album that they did. Um, sure. Well, because I had come off of Black Sabbath 13, and I thought that was amazing. So I'm like, oh, we get Van Halen, and it sounds like Van Halen. Maybe I need to give it another, give it another listen to. Maybe it'll, you know, it's almost kind of like very sadly. Um, how Chester Bennington's passing made me change my my opinion of the last Lincoln Park record because it wasn't really my. You cup of, you hear his pain in there yeah, now more well, than it, anything. Well, because the music really wasn't my cup of tea, and then it's like it, it got to a point where I just I I heard it one day, and it's like. Or maybe I heard like a heavy metal cover of, of of heavy, so I heard it in a different way. So I went back and listened to the original, and it I went back and heard the first song, and I'm like, oh man, this is deep. And I know like a lot of his songs were you know definitely deep throughout different eras in the band, but man, this was deep. And in particular, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well, because it was so close to his passing that he was singing about this stuff, so. No, like it made it made me change my opinion of that because it wasn't necessarily something that I that really gravitated to when it first came out. So maybe I should throw that record back on. But before we move on, I want to throw something fun out there. Um, sure. Because I heard the new ACDC single. I don't know about this. Yeah, ACDC's back, my friend. That's strange. Mal- Malcolm died, though. Okay, so um, Brian Johnson's back in the band. Okay, that okay, another development, sure. Cliff is back in the band, the bass player, and Phil Rudd is back in the band. And it's oh. Angus on guitar with uh, Stevie on guitar. And a lot of the riffs are from Malcolm stuff that was that riff tapes that Angus just went through and dived through and says, This is good, this would be awesome, I can do something with this. And so Malcolm has felt all the way through the record, I guess. And um I heard the song and Brian sounds good. 
uh, he is, uh, uh, he, what he said is that he, the, his kind of deafness, it was like tone deaf. He's like, hmm. I couldn't pitch. I couldn't tell the tone of the guitars. I, and all like when he was touring and playing and a lot of it was just memorization and knowing mouth. where to place his voice because he's done it so many times and then mouth movements. Yeah. And it, and it was hard. So then the, the doctors told them like, if you continue down this path, it's going to be permanent. And so thankfully it wasn't terminal. It wasn't permanent. And he's kind of back in the groove. And so, yeah, cause it was like randomly on Twitter, like two weeks ago. Um, I, I saw like, I don't, I don't even follow them. Somebody else on Twitter liked it. And so I saw it on my feed and it was just like the lightning bolt, just like sparking up into like a light. And it was like turning on and the album is called power up. Um, and you know, ACDC sounds like ACDC. Let's be real here. Um, they will but, always sound like ACDC because that is what they are. Yeah, I mean, pretty much when when uh, once they reached Back in Black, uh, that that was like their sound. Like you have a few other like like a Thunderstruck's a little bit different. Um, uh, Money talks a little bit different. Uh, Ball Breakers a little bit different. So there's Hell's the, Bells is a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But I mean, like overall, they have a sound. So the new song is called Shot in the Dark. And it definitely sounds like a B-side that you would have heard on Back in Black. Like You could have just said, like, hey, this was a song that never got released from Back in Black. And you'd be like, yeah, I hear it. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. The, ACDC gets a lot of criticism for not evolving and doing their own thing. But I'll be honest with you. At this moment in my life right now, I need a little consistency. <laughs> I, I, I need, a little ACDC anchored you, huh? I need something that feels familiar and just like I can. <laughs> sure. I love that. I love the sentiment behind that. Uh, the the um, just feeling any sense of normalcy. That's like, okay, for example, this is going to kind of diverge just a little bit. And I know that, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. Quickly, just to share with one last thing about Eddie Van Halen, you know, Right now, we have, we have a we've lost a legend who at one point in time was the top of the world, and maybe now he's running with the devil, but he is with all of us forever. And and I'm being very serious and sincere when I say that because uh, not even just with his like directly with his music, but there's memories of Van Halen that are because of other things. Like I love Twister. Me and Veronica have a great love for Twister. It's a movie that me and my dad bonded over when we were kids. And you remember the how the Lorraine decked out the fucking theater and had the car flipped over and the tree through it and all that shit. It was awesome. You know, and that's a great memory. But Van Halen is on that soundtrack and it just kicks. It kicks. So I'm really excited, honestly, to listen to this new ACDC. Just your pitch, just your selling it to me right now. Even, you know, I'm we've talked about this a hundred times. Like you said, ACDC is ACDC. There's no, you know, change, but with the fact that Malcolm is no longer here and what you said about how it's got a lot of him in it and it's got Brian back singing and doing what he loves. That makes me go like my ears pop up and I go, okay, now I'm ready to, to like, as a, as somebody who has appreciated parts and eras of them dive in and see what they have. And, and I will say, I saw the, like the deluxe edition of the CD, Jesus Christ, it's amazing. It looks like some sort of futuristic box. It's got like, I, I don't know, it's crazy. It's just it's amazing. I, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it just uh, definitely had, interested. I think the single come it came out on Friday last week, like on the ninth. So it was just something that I'm like, you know what? Let's go check this out. Is it on Spotify? All right, there it is. Let's go check it out. And I and I, and I listed the whole thing on like on the way into town today. I'm like, 
you know what? This kind of put a smile on my face. Is it like the biggest hit you've ever heard from them? No, no, it's not as big as Hell's Bells or Back in Black or something like that. But it's fun. It's fun, and we need that in our lives right now. And, you know, maybe if this were released like two years ago, it just would have flowed right under the radar. I would have, oh, it's ACDC. But right now, in, in, in a world filled with just endless um, just darkness, tragedy, uh, just endless sea of uh, despair, um, it gives me a little bit of hope that, that you know, that maybe we can kind of get through this, you know. Maybe that's just, you know, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's only in my dreams, but perhaps, perhaps. Oh, I know. see what you did there. And listen, I know this podcast, uh, you know, we ain't talking about love on this podcast. We're talking about comic books. So let's get into some comic book news, Brando, because there's a lot of stuff that has been breaking in this world. Uh, and again, a comic book related news story. Me too also as well. And actually there's one more article or one more thing that you brought up that I didn't have actually on my list, but I just remembered we are supposed to be talking about it. So maybe we can just lead off with that because you sent me the trailer for a comic book show that blew my mind, one. And two, I feel like at some point in the show's history, didn't we start covering this book? We I, we, we read a couple issues. I think we at least did one or two, yeah. Maybe during Shuddy's time on the show, we like read one or two. When we did like we did Crossed and we did Plutona oh, oh my and all that. Yeah, you Crossed. remember? Oh, oh my oh, god! Crossed is a fucked up thing, man. Oh, oh man, I didn't oh. need to remember that right now. That I'm really <laughs> glad that the podcast format we have now did not exist <laughs> when we did Crossed. We would have got kicked off Facebook. Would mean. <laughs> Cannot show that. No. Get the fuck out of here. Ugh. Oh man. But yeah, no. You sent me the trailer for Invincible, and uh, obviously a Robert Kirkman story. And you know, I was really surprised because I kind of expected when you said the trailer had come out and you sent it in the group. <clears throat> mm-hmm. My first reaction was like, "This is good. Is this going to be like?" normal american animation or are they going to be clever and the fact that they went with a more anime style even though it's definitely americanized anime made me go like oh i was already hooked because i like liked the series that we started on because i think i feel like we read like the first five issues of that because it came to the the fifth issue when there was a cliffhanger that the dad is not who he seems or something i don't know it's been a time it's been a time honestly and uh I, I, as soon as as soon as you sent this to me and 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 I watched it, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm on board. I'm ready for it. Like, let's get here." 2021 is it early 2021 that this is coming out, or uh, you know, I, I didn't see actually what the release date said. Um, you would have asked me because I don't actually have it pulled up. I know I I really got you there, uh, but uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, to me at least. It looked like Kirkman's story staying true to form while having this anime style, and that's what I really appreciate. That's, I think, the best way to like sum up my my thoughts here. Um, it is such a premiere on Prime Video, and it just, it just says twenty twenty one. It it they don't have a hard date yet. So yeah, we don't officially know. So here here is the cast. Are you are you ready for this? Sure, please bring it on. Stephen Yun as 
Mark Grayson, Invincible. I love it. J.K. Simmons as Nolan Grayson, Omni Man. Awesome. Um, Sandra O oh as Debbie Grayson. Mark Hamill as Art Rosenbaum. Ooh. Seth Rogen as Alan the Alien. Holy shit, this is an amazing cast. Gillian Jacobs as Samantha Eve Wilkins, Adam Eve. God, this feels so good when you tell me these things. And now it's getting to some people that I don't know off the top of just by looking at them. Um, but I know this guy, Carrie, uh, Carrie Payton as Black Samson. Oh! King Ezekiel, huh? King Ezekiel and Cyborg. He plays Cyborg. And Cyborg, and that's right. That's right. Um, Zachary Quinto as Rudy Connor slash Robot. Keep telling me this, bro, and I'm going to be dancing in the street. Good God, this is amazing news. Lauren Cohen as War, War Woman. Wow, a lot of uh, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead alum in this. I love it. I love it. Uh, Sonequa Martin-Green as Green Ghost. Sasha! Yeah! Michael Cudlitz as Red Rush. Abraham! Awesome! Lenny James as Darkwing. Fuck yeah, Morgan. Ross Marquand as the Immortal Aquarius. <laughs> it's pretty much the Walking Aaron, Dead. amazing, amazing. Oh, That's an amazing cast of characters. And there's more. And there's more that, like, you know, some of these I just didn't really like. I don't like Andrew Scott Rinellis. I, I don't. I'm, that one's not familiar with me right now. He plays William Clockwell. Um, right now, Zazie Olivia Beats. She was Domino in uh, okay. Deadpool. Okay. And she was also in The Joker. And she had an amazing role in The Joker. Have you seen The Joker yet? I have not watched that, but I need to. Yeah, next shutdown, bro. I did finish Shazam. What did you think? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was fun. Yes! It was a great movie, man. I had a lot of fun with it. They I didn't take it too seriously. I thought Shazam was the DC's uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Very well said. Like not not exactly, but the fact that it's very kid oriented um, lends itself well. I'm a, but still plays at a level of an adult that you kind of ride the line here. Well, well, see the thing is, is that it's like it's inherently funny all the way through, but some of the things are just super dark. Like it, like it gets into that DC EU darkness. Is like wow. That the is... opening scene. Oh man, like that's some. Oh, you're just. Car crash scenes always fuck me up, man. I'm not a fan. But then, and then also like Billy Bastion getting lost by his mom, and then you get the whole revelation of what actually like that story was so well done. I think I marked down a little bit about it on the podcast of when I watched it, but I'm glad that you've also now watched it. And I'll just again reiterate. I, let me here. Let me say this to you, Brando. Uh, I'm going to say this very delicately as possible. If you're going to watch Joker, I think that when your next shutdown comes, if we are going to have a new president, we should definitely watch Joker together because it'll be like entertaining and there won't be so much seriousness. If the world is going off the rails, I don't know if it's going to be like the right tonal idea for us (laughs) in our brain space to watch that movie because, oh boy, is it fucking dark. Uh, and I just rewatched it recently, so I have like a really good fresh memory of the movie. I, I do look forward to watching it. it. It is on the radar. However, it's not one that I definitely want to put on with the kids around. Um, Couldn't. 
Yeah, so it, that, that that's something like, okay, so like we were going to watch um, South Park, the pandemic special that aired last week, and it, and I, I caught the very beginning of it because I went ahead and got YouTube TV for the month of October uh, so I could watch some of the uh, baseball postseason. And, uh, well, I'm like, hey, you know, this is on. And, 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 and I saw like the first like 10 minutes of it. And then, so we were, she hadn't watched it yet, she being my wife. And we got to the part, and the kids were out there. Now I'm like, yeah, we can't watch this because they're about ready to explain how 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 COVID just it it it, it started to become a, to in existence with a certain flashback of Randy Marsh. And I'm like, we can't believe he can't see this. He definitely <laughs> fucks the bat. Yep. Um. Now there um there's another um comic book bit that I wanted to talk about for a second. Sure, bring it up. I just, by the way, I want to tell our audience that I don't have a mic today because I'm fucking dumb and forgot it. So I just went into like talk closer to my mic. It's not there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, you know, just like the old days, it's like rain or shine. You know, there was that one we we, we did like a Breaking Bad episode. Do you remember that Breaking Bad retrospective? Yeah, the Breaking Bad retrospective. It was amazing. And well, and like my mic for some reason wasn't working right, and like it, it, the wrong microphone was, and it just I it sounded like I was just in a hollow room with nothing in it, and then some kids kept throwing a ball at the side of my house, and I ended up leaving the room to go yell at them or something. <laughs> like I got. Oh. Anyways, no. Uh, so there's a new comic book coming out uh, starting in February, and it's a new Beast Wars comic book. Really? Um, yeah, with the 25th anniversary of the fan favorite anime animated series, properties enjoying somewhat of a renaissance. Getting some love from Netflix as part of the new War on Cybertron. The third season of that is going to be Beast Wars um, based, so that's going to be great to see. Um, and and they're even getting some new toys to kind of go along with that. Uh, but IDW Publishing announced today that part of their virtual New York Comic Con experience that writer Eric Burnham uh, Ghostbusters, Transformers slash Ghostbusters, and artist Josh Burcham, Galaxies, and the Wrecker Saga will join forces in a new Beast Wars comic book with an oversized number one issue that hits stands in February, featuring a lead story, what they describe as an additional 30 pages of story content. Um, so yeah, we're getting a whole new Beast Wars comic. Damn, that's amazing. It's a little <clears throat> stylized. Um, it looks like like something that would be on Cartoon Network today. So a little bit more uh, cartoony, you know. I'm not necessarily hating it by any stretch of the imagination, but then again, I'm not sure if this is if that was just a cover art or or what. I I mean I, I don't know, right? Um, add it. Um, so from a quote, um, Burnham says, "Beast Wars." was a wonderful and weird pivot from the Transformers setup, which I was first inter- first introduced. Big personalities, unexpected twists, and actual stakes all popped up re- regularly on the show, and those are tools that I enjoy uh, using to build new stories. Best of all, the, the enthusiasm from everyone involved in the project has been so high that I'm feeling con- consistently inspired. He also said that I'm thrilled to be a part of this team. I was a 90s kid, and even though I knew about Generation 1, Beast Wars is really my G1, so it's so it's my still my favorite iteration, and I still consider it a privilege to be to bring the characters' life in this brand new series. Let the Beast Wars rage on. Now the series altogether, um, it debuted in '96 and ended in '99. It had three seasons of 52 episodes of Beast Wars. Um, the other parts of the series set in the continuity were Beast Machines, 
which, yep. which actually came to fruition and aired after that for one season. You also had Beast Wars 2, which was a Japanese anime, and Beast Ooh. Wars Neo, which was also a Japanese anime, which also took place in a continuity where rather than transforming into cars, trucks, and planes, well, guess what? They were animals. And I'm going to go ahead and send Nate these pictures while I am thinking about it. So that way he can kind of see what I'm seeing. If I was smart and a good podcaster for all you Facebook guys, I would have it all ready for you guys. However, I do not. It's okay. (laughs) Um, This isn't about being prepared, Brando. We're on the cuff today. Come on now. No, no, we are definitely off the cuff for sure. This is not journey into prepared. This journey into tangents where we talk about whatever hits our brain meat holes. Come on, send. There it is. All right. Oh, there it's sent. Three photos sent. Dude. So, in, in like in one picture, you can see it's got Optimus Prime, Rhinox, Cheetor, Rat Trap, and a bat. And I assume that bat is Optimus Minor. Uh, uh, the bat was originally Optimus Prime when the series first started, but when the cartoon started, they actually redesigned Optimus and Megatron because Megatron was an alligator. Um, and they redesigned it to be a T-Rex and then they just turned the, and see, okay. So the, the TV show had a limitation for how many characters they could, um, have, which is why you had a a bunch more toys than you did. The characters that were actually in the show. Yeah. Now see with like the earlier generation of transformers with the animation, you had a bunch of the toys got representation in the show and had a lot of minor roles. And you know, you had, you have one episode where like, Hey, that's that one, car toy thing you know that that dude and uh but with beast wars there's a bit of like each side had about like usually about five characters on each side and then so and then some episodes focused only, only on a couple characters at a time so um so it there was hope that maybe this will kind of revive it a little bit and we'll you know if the comic book you know who knows you never know what's around a corner, but I got really excited about that because, you know, Beast Wars is kind of how you and I started talking in the first place. Yeah, we're trading some Beast Wars to each other. Some, yeah, some different Transformers to each other, man. Mm-hmm. That was a really cool era because I remember the, like the first Christmas that Beast Wars was a thing. One of the cr- toys I got that Christmas was Scorpinox. And on his belly was where you could put your thumb and it would heat change to the Decepticon logo or what were they Predicons. in that show? Predacons, thank you, not Decepticon, Predacon, thank you. But, um, yeah, and I, and I loved that. And then, obviously, you and I and Jason, and I feel, I feel like maybe a couple of the people were on and off trading. We'd either bring them to school or we would meet up at somebody's house and, and, and put something together. If I happened to be in Rankin for a day to, to go hang out with some folks, we would try to make it a thing. Uh, yeah, man, uh, those are those are great memories for sure. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the – you said the season three of the Netflix show is Beast Wars? Yeah, yeah. So like so, War on Cybertron is going to be like a three part mini series. Like each season sure. is like six episodes, and it's kind of like a reimagining of these big stories in the Transformers mythos. So like, it's like literally like season one is like the war of war for Cybertron, you know. And I've watched the first episode. I need to go through and watch more. It is all like it's all three D animated, just like you know Beast Wars was, and it is pretty cool. It's also it was darker than what I expected. 
Like it's safe. Wait. It's pretty safe for kids. I I I feel I, I didn't feel like I felt weird by having Wyatt watch it with me. It's definitely like Y seven or it might have been PG. Like because there was like one cuss word in the in there, but it wasn't a harsh. But it wasn't a hard one. It's like damn or something. Something yeah, but it was like really and it, really all right. Uh, but I was really digging it and. Um, they got a bunch of the toys right now, like in the Walmart toy section. You go by there. It's like I, I've been looking at them because Wyatt really enjoyed Bumblebee when we watched that. We both yeah. of him really enjoyed that movie, and so that kind of, that's what led me to kind of start the first episode because I was still kind of riding the high off of watching Bumblebee and watching an iteration of Transformers in a in a medium that I kind of given up on in the movies. I'm like after the third movie, I'm like I am done. I don't want to see anymore. I'm kind of done with this crap and. To see Bumblebee was a great breath of fresh air. It was a great movie. Um, it's it's almost in a weird way, you know. It was a, on like a, such a smaller scale. It's it's what you wanted the first Transformers movie to always have been. It just fell short. Maybe like well, because it was just a matter of like you know, Transformers has always read uh, the original series of Transformers rode that line between story of the humans and the story of the robots, um, but. But the first Transformers movie was like very stylized. It's, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the Michael Bay effect, you know. It's big explosions, them tumbling all around. You don't moving parts. You don't know what's going on. A close up of gears. And this movie didn't have that. It, it was more stripped down. It was more focused. So you only had like the main for the most of the movie. You only had three Transformers in the whole movie. And you had an invisible villain. I heard you can't see him. Invisible villain. Yeah, you can't see him. Uh, oh, oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He was definitely there. Uh, but, but you uh, can't see him. No. no. <laughs> that uh, joke will never just, get old. Yeah, people were just talking to like the camera would pan and just be. There's uh, a jacket in the middle of the fucking place. I don't know why it's just a jacket. There's nobody <laughs> attached to that jacket. <laughs> Maybe that's the episode title. No one's attached to the jacket. Maybe I don't know. Not. Maybe a bad one. That's that would be hard to make a thumbnail to. Like what? <laughs> Just have the floating jacket. Okay, I, I'll stop now. Uh, Brando, I will say there's more comic book news. Yeah. Because Marvel has crowned a new spirit of vengeance. Did you hear about this? Yeah, from you. That's a that's a setup because I knew you heard about it because <laughs> I sent it to you. <laughs> Trying to fucking lob the ball up there, bro. You're supposed to slam it down. Uh, so yeah, what do you think about this news that that Deadpool is going to be the spirit of vengeance? It's interesting. Um, it's I don't know. I mean, coming off of us, um, coming off of us having uh, read recently, the, you know, Cosmic Ghost Rider, and the somewhat of the tone <laughs> of that series kind of gave me like Deadpool vibes. Like, it definitely could work, you know? Yeah, I'm going to read this uh, this little thing. I'm also going to put this dog outside if he keeps barking, because what the fuck, that was probably obnoxiously loud to our listeners, with me not having a mic today, of course, of all the times. You dog. <laughs> I, okay. I did hear that. Like you, so, you know, The dog's like, you talking shit about me? <laughs> yeah, I am, motherfucker. Anyways, let me read this. It says, here's the bio for the character. Deadpool was hired to eliminate a popular taco truck vendor. But when he arrived to do the deed, he was swayed by their delicious Hellfire Tex-Mex and decided to spare them instead. It was then that Deadpool's mystery client appeared, Mephisto. 
Due to Mephisto's Hellfire Chilies, the vendor found new success and celebrated by donating free food to the community. But charity wasn't part of the deal. The price had to be paid. In a raged at Deadpool's mercy, Mephisto forced him to take on the spirit of vengeance. Now he spreads Hellfire and delivers punishment along with his fellow Ghost Riders. That is when they are bickering. And that's what they say about this. So I honestly, just on that little pitch, am really excited because it's stupid, but also perfect for Deadpool. Like that narrative is just like, yeah, of course. Of course, that's the story. You know, it couldn't be more perfect. Yeah, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I will say, uh, where do you want to go from here, Brando? Because I feel like there's only a few more real big headlines, and there, there's just kind of a lot of like kind of outlier stuff. There was some, obviously, the virtual uh, NYCC is happening this week, and mm. so we've got some stuff. Yeah, you know, and and the thing is, is that we might actually have more stuff to talk about next week, depending on what else gets announced this week. Um, but depending no, on if tomorrow's a big day for the news or not, maybe we'll see. But uh, so we got news about the Green Lantern show coming to HBO Max, and uh, it'll explore the different heroes within who like within the core, uh, and it'll tell the story of heroes Alan Scott, Kilwag, Kilowog, Guy Gardner, yeah. Jessica Cruz, Simon Boz, and many more in the brand new live action series. While there's no word yet on if the show will be set in the continuity of Zack Snyder's Justice League universe or exist in a separate entity in DC, they've made it clear that these are lines that can be blurred and explored in the, in the future. Um, Grand, uh, Green, Green Lantern will be uh, co-written by Graham Smith and Arrowverse architect Mark Guggenheim. Yeah, the Googs. He's great. There is no release uh, yet a release date yet, but fans can expect a one hour, the one hour drama series that will explore the darkest corners of the universe and space uh, and the space force task with protecting them. So that's kind of cool. And uh, it's about damn time, uh, you know, to get something good out of this part of the universe. So let's talk about a couple of things here that I thought, because you said the names, let's talk about it. Alan Scott, that is golden era, golden age, green lantern. The first, you have Guy Gardner, who is a more recent, I think he may be the new 52 era uh, Green Lantern. And then Jessica Cruz and Simon Boz were actually the Rebirth era uh, Lanterns. So they are actually pulling from all eras. Surprisingly, two names are not on here. I know Kilowog is uh, obviously an alien creature character that they'll be able to tell that story. And, and, and that's great. But you don't have... Hal Jordan's name here. Mm -hmm. You also do not have John Stewart, which leads me to believe if they're doing a Green Lantern movie, if they're going to have them in the movies, those two will be the ones that are going to be the lead role stars. And this is a way to really pay homage to the Green Lantern character and all the different people that have carried the mantle while not saying each character has to have a movie to tell that story. This, this, I think this is a very beautiful and clever way to do this. And I'm honestly looking forward to it, especially with Berlanti being involved. You've got uh, Mark Guggenheim being involved, uh, Seth Graham Smith being the showrunner. Like, across the board, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, when I saw you sent this, like, Green Lantern's happening, I was like, fucking finally! And then to see the names that are attached to it, like I said, it's just it's just – Mm, chef's kiss perfect so the official log line from warner brothers uh says from hbo max dc 
Berlanti uh, Productions and Warner Brothers Television comes a bold adaptation of the, of the iconic comic book franchise, a saga spanning decades and galaxies. Green Lantern will depict the adventures of a multitude of lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Boz, and Alan Scott, Earth's, Earth's first Green Lantern, who, true to the comics, is a gay man, and many more. The series will also include fan favorites such as Sinestro and Kilowog, and will also introduce new heroes to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. That's amazing. Like... And I love that they're going to do actual representation. Alan Scott was a gay man in, the, in, in that comic, and, and it was uh, several years later, obviously, in the 60s and 50s, they weren't talking about how he was a gay man. It would be very hard to mm. tackle that. But as time went on, it became very evident with all the different writers that that was kind of his sexual preference. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I love that they're not shying away from that. They're not going to change it. And they're actually taking the golden era green lantern who has a very custom look he doesn't look like any other lanterns he's got a cape he's totally different unique like this makes me very happy i'll, I'll just uh one more again i'll say it again yes uh absolutely yeah. man uh as i said it you know it's about damn time you know uh i know that uh, a guy that i work with na- uh, his name's will he's a big laner fan and he's like <laughs> He basically, anytime that we talk about like uh, about like the the DCEU, the one thing that he brings up, he goes, "It ain't shit until you brought the lanterns in. Where the hell yeah. are the lanterns? Cyborg's a Teen Titan." I'm like, "Yeah, but like in the, in the newer years, he's been associated with Justice League, so they were trying to c- try to encapsulate like the years and and kind of do some rep- representation." He goes. They got a black lantern. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and, of course, that's the oh, one that's, that's the one that he really wants to see. He wants to see Jon Stewart. You know, it's like, look, like, Hal Jordan's cool. But Jon Stewart's my lantern, you know. So. Uh, I think Jon Stewart is just, like, Hal has a very suave, like, confidence to him. And Jon, I just feel like, has a lot of anger. It's pent up. He's been wronged by the world. And he is trying to find his place while also righting the wrongs that mm-hmm. have happened to him and other people. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, I totally vibe that. Uh, now, to totally pivot, because we're talking a little bit about DC here, we're going to jump back into Marvel talk. Did you see Marvel's big TV show announcement? Um, for which one? Well, there's a new show, which I knew, I think maybe a year or so ago, this was covered on the show where it had been announced there was going to be like a Howard the Duck show, uh, Hellstrom was going to be a thing. I think they still went forward with Hellstrom, um, <clears throat> but Modoc. And I don't know if you saw any of the like pictures or anything, the animation for Modoc. It looks hilarious. And the premise, like, I'm going to go ahead and just pull up the actual premise so we can like discuss it a little bit here. And for whatever reason, I'm dropping likes in the podcast. I don't know what where that came from, but whatever. Um, da, 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 da. Here we go. So, Modoc, 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 where are you? Modoc. Okay, here. This is good because uh, it said this is some important things that <clears throat> uh, obviously Pat Oswald is the, one of the producers. He's also voicing Modoc. Uh, they talk about how when they were just kind of discussing the character, it was, well, what does a a character who's just a floating head do when he's not being a villain? Does he have like a normal life? Does he have like just a wife that hates his guts, but stays with them or whatever. And like has kids and shit. 
And so the answer is every time they discuss the crazier, crazier things that this villain that is really interestingly shaped is, uh, the more they realize that it's it's just so much comedy uh, packed in there. So as I'm still looking for the little, oh, wow, they actually released clips of the show, which I have not yet seen. So maybe afterwards we can peep that uh, here. But I'm trying to find the fucking headline that actually had, I'm, gonna, I'm almost there because I know it's like right about... Ah, here we go. Open link in new tab. There we go. So this is what it says. It says, we obviously love the character is a big villain who is always trying to take over the world and run his... Ah! 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 Stop it. Stupid fucking comicbook.com. Brandon Davis, I hope you get punched in your stupid fucking dick, bro. Ah, with the auto playing ad that just broke my ear hole. I didn't know where it was going from. So I like panic, Brando. Like, <laughs> we ah! could he- we could hear it uh, uh, through the microphone. And, oh God, no! <laughs> and, well, I mean, it wasn't terribly loud, but I knew exactly what was going on. So if you scroll down to your volume mixer, this is what I've been doing every time that I uh, that I do a podcast now. Sure. Uh, if you go to your volume, right click volume mixer, you can actually lower the volume on your uh, Chrome. And I also started doing it on the system sounds because of every time I would adjust the volume, if I needed to, it would like my system would like ding at me. So, ah, dude, bro. Yes. Humongous help. You just gave me. Thank you. So let me go back to trying to read what the fuck Modoc was about and where this idea came from, because I was trying to have a point about this uh, show, which I don't know if you have yet seen. I'm going to link you the actual article. Uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll do that right now again so you can check it out. But the Facebook land is going slow. I tell you what, man, sometimes technology just likes to fuck with me. That's the truth. Just like, hey, you want to do this really quickly? Nope. You want to do this podcast? We're going to glitch you out right now, bro. Wouldn't that be funny if right now I had actual glitch problems just because oh. I said it? Oh, my you know, God. Just like, you know, and, and like words spew. Okay, so anyways, let me read this to our oh, audience. Lord. It says, we obviously love the character as a big brain villain who is always trying to take over the world and run his evil organization, AIM. His design by Jack Kirby is so absurd and monstrous that we thought – where does this guy go at night? Does he go home to a ha- house and have all these mundane things he has to do? Does he have a family we never knew about? The more we discussed it, the more we just kind of made us laugh. And we tried to figure out, well, what would that family be? Who would marry Modoc and how hard would it be to hit, be his son or daughter in Modoc's image? Um, a lot of, you know, amazing talent here. Beck Bennett from Saturday Night Live is going to be in it. Ben Schwartz, obviously Pat Oswald being Modoc himself. Uh, but most interestingly, Brando, and this is kind of why I wanted to bring it up. Uh, apparently, Patton Oswald and company have been given free reign to use A-listers and characters from the X-Men universe in this show. Huh. So uh, this is a quote from Patton Oswald saying, I can't believe the Marvel toy box stuff they let us play with. We pitched some characters, even some of the X-verse. We were like, we don't know if they're going to say yes to this. And they were like, yeah, go ahead. Again, I don't want to say who, but there were a couple, Jordan and I were thinking, oh, I don't think they'll say yes to this. 
uh, let's write this, but have a backup because they'll realize no, but we got them. So he's obviously got some pretty cool people. He's excited for us to see in this show. Did you get a chance to look at what the art and the style looks like? Yes. It's absolutely ridiculous. What do you think? It is ridiculous, right? Like it's crazy. Not what you're expecting at all. It's like kind of like this, like 3d futurist animation. It's really cool. Yeah. It's Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, i'm having actually, a hard time just like forming my thoughts around it because it in a way it, it almost kind of looks like um oh what's that um like chicken robot chicken robot chicken yes it is very robot chicken looking yes <laughs> i love that you just said that yeah no it's just, it, like it it's not robot chicken but it's like yeah it's yes. It, it it almost looks like they're like their style of claymation. Absolutely. And also, I wanted to bring up right now while we're talking about the Modoc thing. If you go to the Modoc Twitter, they recently posted where, and I think probably by the time our Facebook Live listeners get to this, they'll actually have a chance still to to go and, and do the contest. But for anybody listening Monday, I'm so sorry. It's probably the contest is already over. But if you're watching on Facebook Live and you're, and you're catching us on Sunday evening, right now you can go on to the MODOK Twitter and actually get into the show yourself. They're asking people uh, to caption a certain image and then the ones they like the best, they're going to bring people in to have them animated. Or I don't know what the exact deal in the contest rules are. If you're just going to be a voice or they'll have you through zoom or whatever it is, but they are doing a contest to have other people who are just the fans be a part of this. Cause apparently there was a large uh, outcry of support when the uh, news of the official first images and stuff of MODOK dropped during um, New York comic con. <clears throat> Hell yeah. Um, so there's another uh, bit of Marvel news about Benedict. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in Spider-Man 3. It's and set- everything makes sense in an instant. It's set to be uh, start to begin filming one week from today in New York City, which means that Uncharted should be done filming or should be done with principal photography. So that's a good news there, or at least would be close to. I mean, they they could start filming in Spider Man Three without having Tom Holland there. Um, they so. actually they did that for the first Spider Man for for uh, when he was in um, uh, uh, Civil War. Mm-hmm. They did not have Tom Holland in the suit initially. Some of the scenes were filmed with somebody else standing in because they weren't sure they were still casting at that time when they were getting it filmed because they wanted to ensure and they they superimposed his voice over the that first scene where he flips and does all that shit. Of the, yeah. Hey guys. So yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be, we're, we're going to see Dr. Strange step into the mentor role. Okay. So here's a couple interesting things to say about this. First of all, two things. One, this is like Strange's way to give back to Peter because he knows what an immense loss Peter feels from the death of Tony Stark. And you also have Dr. Strange who's going to be able to step up right now and go, oh, kid, did you just have a guy out you for your secret identity? Let me just do what I need to do to make that not happen or make people not remember or whatever the case may be. But Strange also could be in a position now and, and, and 
you know, we think about WandaVision coming out this November, possibly maybe even December, but you know, strange is going to be toying in a world where some reason, somehow, some way, Jamie Foxx, who was Electro in a different universe, is going to come into this universe and look different, mm -hmm. but still be the same character somehow. And that just means to me we're getting multiverse bits in Spider-Man before we get to the uh, Doctor Strange movie. Because now, as we've seen based on the schedule, Spider-Man happens in December. Doctor Strange is happening in March. Not this December, obviously. We're talking 2021 and 2022. But December 2021, we'll get that Spider-Man movie. And then March of 2022, we'll have the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with Scarlet Witch joining the fold. And, and obviously, multiverse thing being blown wide open. What will we see? Um, I love that uh, somebody – I think it was Boss Logic made a poster. And I just wanted to briefly mention it because it was just funny that uh, you know Tony said that they're trying to steal a necklace from a wizard. So Boss Logic made a poster of a yellow brick road leading back to New York, and it said Spider-Man, no place like home. And, you know, obviously Doctor Strange would be the Wizard of Oz in that role. Mm -hmm. But what are your thoughts on Doctor Strange joining this cast that's already – I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Holland. They actually have another rumor that's, that I'm about to hit you with in a second, but we've also – you know, not Jamie Foxx. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Brando? I'm down. I'm down. Um you might as well take advantage of some of these guys that you've got under got under contract that are going to be big name actors. Uh, now with some of these guys that are no longer going to be involved in the MCU, uh, you know, with whether they're retiring or you know the untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman or anything like that, utilize you know, Cumberbatch is somebody who I would now anchor a lot of the MCU stuff, like with his movie, with him doing crossover, like just like he did in Thor Ragnarok, he was there for like you for you know for for a glass of beer <laughs> pretty much yeah um, but i mean uh no i am completely down for them using more cumberbatch because i you know what he's a great actor number one sure but like i just like with tony stark i don't think there's you could have casted dr strange any more perfect than Benedict cumberbatch like I absolutely agree. I mean, you can't say that. With and he can age into the role, bro. Yes. We'll see. As he gets older, it's going to be better for him. Well, and the thing is, is that like, you can't say that about every single person. Like you, you know, there, there are some people like, well, you know what? He's, he's really good in that. But like, um, as far as like being actual, um, people who just, encapsulate that role Tony Stark uh, Robert Downey Jr. you can't see anybody else he is that character like so much of like somewhere in here there's a part of, of him that identifies with Tony and he brings Absolutely. that out and then whenever when they casted Cumberbatch as Strange I'm like man I don't know because I'm thinking Cumberbatch is like you know kind of squeaky clean kind of goofy looking guy. I'm like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden the first time you see him all on the, in the outfit, you're like, bro, that's our guy. Whoa. <laughs> like, yes, it didn't take much to get him there, but he's there. And then from you know, like the moment that he starts acting, he has that same, he brings out the, the cockiness, the, the attitude that strange has about him. You know that 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 that's what made those scenes with him and Stark so in, so entertaining to watch in Infinity War because they're 
they're they're very similar but also very different yes and that's what makes it perfect now i will say there's one thing i'm hopeful for in the spider-man 3 movie and this is something that will help settle the mcu a little bit and tell me your opinion on this if you want or just you know agree with me however you want to go but like I feel like there needs to be a scene if we're going to have Benedict and Tom Holland starring together in this film where Tom looks at him, you know, as Parker and says, uh, you know, Dr. Strange, I have a question and, you know, I have, we haven't really had a chance to talk. We had to talk at Tony's funeral. Obviously we portaled back to the fight and, and, and things have been crazy and now I've been on the run. But when we were on Titan and you saw those different realities, what did you see you said 14 million 605 what was the one like did you know tony was always gonna die Mm -hmm. and because that is gonna be a stabbing moment of of benedict having to like bring the energy strange bring the energy of like yeah i knew and genuinely that was the only way we could stop him and that creates a whole different level of weight. It, it obviously it's been confirmed subtly through not saying exactly such, but I feel like Parker, being an intuitive kid, is going to want to know what he saw. Yeah. And you know, was was there a way where everybody survived, but I died? You know, like was that the reality that was going to happen? So I'm really looking forward to this. And Brando, we're not done talking because there's a new rumor of somebody who might be appearing in this movie now. Tom Hardy. Yeah. There are three names that have obviously been popped around quite substantially ever since the casting news of Benedict Cumberbatch. And actually, even before then, when J. Jonah Jameson as J.K. Simmons appeared in Far From Home, obviously, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being the two big names. Will we get them on screen? Will we have these three Spider-Men together? But then the next question is, will we also have Tom Hardy's Venom, who... Now, we, if we're fleshing out our Sinister Six, you've got Tom Hardy, Jamie Foxx, Michael Keaton, Jake Gyllenhaal, just those four, Michael Mando, just those five. You only need one more. It doesn't matter who it is. Let's get Alfred Molina's fucking Doc Ock back in this song, bitch. Do you think that... Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we know this <laughs> sure 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 but, I am the one that forgot my mic today <laughs> yeah but do you think that the WandaVision show which is going to have her supposedly shatter reality is is going to be felt in other upcoming properties oh my god like you mean the ripple effect of what happens in WandaVision is why phase 4 is what phase 4 is like we're feeling all these ripples and there's weird stuff and like Shang-Chi, we're getting this story and the 10 rings, but maybe some of the stuff that happens is off from what we know. And it, and it, it does throw some confusion, but we ultimately look back at WandaVision and go, she fucking blew up the whole of reality, man. So things are a little bit, off. that's what happened. Wanda caused 2020. It's all her fucking fault. The Rona witch strikes back. <laughs> <laughs> like I, that's a joke obviously but I, I think that's a great question to pose to, to to not just me but to everybody is will we because obviously dr strange spider-man the things we're seeing i don't think black widow can be included in what you're saying because it was meant to be before that anyways yes and obviously tie in all this other shit but 
all the stuff that is what is happening in the current and after the snap and from 2023 on, because, uh, you know, according to the timeline, it's 2023 now in the MCU. Um, yeah, I think it, it could definitely be felt. And that's maybe why Jamie Foxx shows up and is who he is. And Doctor Strange is trying to figure out the anomaly with Peter because Peter doesn't understand what's going on. And maybe two other Parker, Parkers show up and one's old and all beat up. That's obviously Tobey Maguire. And the other one's kind of jaded, but still put together, which is Andrew Garfield. And then you've got this young fry kid who just wants to help everybody. And no one is happy with the situation. You know, Toby's like, I gave up this stupid spider-man shit years ago you know i was over it i'm I'm out of shape after my emo days i just couldn't do it anymore (laughs) i couldn't couldn't cut it no Uh, it was just something like you know because because strange is strange's movies was supposed to start filming uh next year uh with sam raimi directing that one that's amazing too and so like he's coming back into to to do another uh superhero film but like it if if WandaVision is going to go directly into that and Strange is going to be in Spider-Man, is it just going to be a, hey, this is because, you know, I need to fill that Tony role for you? Or is it going to be because shit's messed up? And the th- <clears throat> where we left it off in the second movie for Spider-Man in phase, as the epilogue of phase three, we still have that, but now we have the ramifications of the multiverse as well. Because the multiverse is obviously something they alluded to in Far From Home, but they don't actually – it doesn't actually come to fruition as reality because Jake is obviously, as Mysterio, bullshitting. However, however, on the flip side, it's really interesting because where Parker is now with his identity being revealed, it could also be more than just like shit's fucked up. Everybody knows his identity. Shit's fucked up. The world's all collapsed because Wanda broke things. But also in the comics, uh, I believe Reed Richards, Stark, and Doctor Strange worked together to undo Parker coming out as Parker during Civil War because they wanted to reconceal his secret identity as they realized it was a terrible decision to give him uh, up to the world. Hey, you're a kid. Here you go. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting because we also have the villain of Ant-Man 3. Kang the fucking Conqueror. Oh, yeah. Who is the father of Reed Richards. Oh, yeah. See, look at all this shit happening. It's crazy the amount of things they're going to actually... Like, when we first started talking about Phase 4 and Beyond, it was like, they have a lot of ideas. And, and, And I think it was like, you know, when you look at the schedule... You saw Thor Love and Thunder, that got you hard. You saw the Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, that got you all jazzed up. You mm-hmm. look at Spider-Man 3, you're about it. Um, but then there's these like uncertainties now, especially with Chadwick Boseman's passing, Black Panther 2. What does that mean? It's still on the schedule. Will we still get it? Is that is that going to still go forward? Captain Marvel 2 is definitely a thing. Monica Rambeau being a part of WandaVision is definitely going to tie back to that Captain Marvel film. Miss Marvel being an MCU character through the Disney Plus series, as well as She-Hulk and others. They are really going for broke now. And it's like, as fans, the last 10 years, and I really last 12 years, because we're in 2020 and it's all all fucked up, but the MCU as a whole, the, the entire 23 movie arc that we got chapter one of, 
was well done. And I think as fans, we were like, wow, that was like really good. And everything they did was not necessarily always perfect. And they didn't always have like the, the course for this is the direction we want to go, but their loose ideas led them to a really beautiful spot. Now I think they're like, we know what we do. We're a well-oiled machine. Let's give them the coolest, craziest, most insane shit we can while we have these actors that we do have that we know for a fact people love. We know for a fact that they can do the roles amazingly exactly how we want and, uh, you know, be able to really push phase four and beyond into being something that's just as special, if not more special than the infinity saga. So, um, you, you've heard the, the rumor of of who the main villain is going to be alluded to in phase four and who they're going to be going forward with. Right. I haven't officially. I know there's like rumors, but I figured Kang because I mean it's 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 fucking Kang. He's got to be the big dude. Galactus. Ooh, if they actually go Galactus, that's huh. okay. So now you're you're gonna have me kind of riff on this because I think it's too early. Well, I mean, okay. So the thing is, is that we didn't get Thanos for real True. until the end of Phase Three. We got sprinkles. And that's what they're going to do. It's going to be sprinkles, and they're going to build up to Galactus like they built up to Thanos. And then by the time we get to Galactus, who knows what the shape of the MCU is going to be, who's going to be involved, who's going to be in there, what heroes we're going to have. X-Men, maybe, by that point. I mean, we're talking like 10 Fantastic years. Four. Yeah, yeah, Fantastic Four. So, like, we have a lot of things that could definitely come to fruition by then. And but you especially with the amount shows. of movies that they're putting out, yeah. Because with, I mean, right now, like I said, we've got all these big name movies that are on the ticket, and that's only the like the next two or three years. Yeah. We're not we're not talking the ten year plan. What are they gonna? What will this end up looking like when it's all said and done? And then who's gonna be crazy enough to buy the eight K like fifty six movie special edition of the Infinity Saga, and then whatever the second saga ends up being called in twenty thirty. If we make it there, but I mean, yeah, right. But um, like, for example, uh, you know, Hemsworth has hinted that he's not done after Love and Thunder. That that's he's going to go on and still have a role somewhere. But I can also see him like uh, maybe taking a step back and like we don't see him for a long time until it's time to come back for Galactus, and then he's in, and that's kind of his last big thing. It's like, or hey. if he's in, maybe we have him just do like the Ruffalo thing where he's only there for special moments that just help the narrative, but he's not the main focus of whatever the story is. You don't have to keep telling. And not to say that we don't enjoy Thor stories because I feel like there are honestly a ton of Thor stories they could tell, especially with now how they've pivoted that character, given him some comic levity, Mm -hmm. allowed Hemsworth to be more himself and less this tight ass Norseman, you know, so, uh, the four Norsemen, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, uh, I don't know, man. I think that Thor, uh, definitely deserves his place to stay in the MCU for as long as we can have Hemsworth. I know that another interesting thing happened because, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, you know, he has brothers, one of those brothers has expressed extreme interest in joining the MCU. And did you see who he wants to play? Snick. No, not Wakanda forever. Nope. Snick. <laughs> Snick. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Wolverine. Oh. I'd be about it. And I think that'd be an amazing casting. I mean, maybe it's a little bit too on the nose to have him. And I think there may be other people that would serve that role better possibly, but who knows, you know, 
Seraphine Haley, when she casts roles for Marvel, she always hits it out of the park. So whatever they say, like when they say, uh, you know, <clears throat> any of these new people that we've recently got are being cast, your your Miss Marvels or your She Hulks or any of these guys, you're just like, yeah, they're going to be great. I don't even have to question it. I know because Marvel has a track record of casting good people, except for twice. <laughs> <laughs> Looking just, at you, Terrence Howard, Ned Norton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like just, just twice. You know the people who are no longer in it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, who who would be the four Norsemen? By the way, it would be Thor, Odin, Loki, and I'm struggling to find the fourth. You know, is it Heimdall. is it Heimdall? Oh, Heimdall. Heimdall's the fourth Norseman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it so much. It's awesome. Yeah, Brando, I don't really know, um, at least in – oh, I, I do have one last thing. We are on Marvel. We were talking about the MCU. Maybe this is a quick little bit of a tangent. It'll only take about 30 seconds, and then we can depart from this show because I know we're trying to stay on task on tacos and on time today. But, uh, you know, the MCU is something that we all enjoy and love, and it's obviously something you get on Disney+. Plus. Last time we talked. We discussed a little bit about how there is rumor that possibly the Spider-Man movies really soon are going to be on Disney+. Plus. But one thing that's really awesome is Marvel and Disney actually listen to the fans saying, hey, we hate the layout of the Marvel uh, tab in Disney+, Plus because it's like all this different stuff kind of mixed in with each other. You can't just sit and watch a, a, like a series of, of Phase 1 by itself or whatever, but nay, nay, they have changed that. You can now watch Phase 1 with the exception of Incredible Hulk. You can now watch all of Phase 2 with the exception of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And you can watch all of Phase 3 with the exception of Far From Home in order on Disney+. And they also have an MCU timeline order where Captain America is the first movie, Captain Marvel is the second movie, and you're going in the literal timeline of the MCU, which I think is a, an amazing win for the fans uh, who have questions and want to experience that. Well, it, well it, it'll definitely help uh, because there's there's a couple of different ways to watch it. You know, you can watch it in release order or timeline order. So, um, you know, that's definitely awesome that they finally got that done. Yeah, man. I feel like, uh, you know, we've beat this episode black and blue. Uh, you know, we maybe we should stop giving our fans the run around and unchain this one. But uh, I don't think I have anything else left to add uh, this week. Brandon, do you have anything else to pull up and discuss? Well, you know, it's just a great time to be a fan. It's a great time to be a comic fan, a nerd fan. And we, you know, we've got a lot of like, you know, we, we really nerded out about DC in the last month or so, especially since DC Fandom and all the cool stuff with the Batman, oh, yeah. Snyder, and then the, the stuff they're doing with HBO Max and then now the stuff with Marvel, it's you know, uh, you know all these castings and, and like it, it's not the like it, it's just excitement. Like we're really getting the best of both worlds. Oh, oh, oh. ooh! Brandon wins the episode, dropping that little juicy episode, nugget. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Best of both worlds. Hell yeah! Oh man, I uh, you know I feel so good right now, uh, man. I'm I'm about it. This has been a very amazing episode. We had a lot to talk about, but I think we did a really good job of, you know, keeping within the parameters, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not getting too wild, not taking crazy trips out to Panama. We just stayed focused and on land. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're just doing our best. And I know that, uh, you know, we, we might be up for breakfast, uh, you know, or having dreams, but we are all together in this crazy 2020 time and we are doing our absolute damnedest to uh, stay strong. And 
and bring you guys all the crazy stuff that's been happening, which is actually kind of picking up more as we are moving on and definitely seeing some of these, uh, you know, the Hollywood precaution for now how to treat COVID and how to have precautions and protocols in place is helping to get at least some part of the entertainment industry back. Yep. And the great question is going to be, <clears throat> where are theaters going to be in a year's time? And will some of these delays be delayed again? Because that's going to be really the question we have until there is a vaccine that is viable, that is something we can all take, that we can stop worrying about coronavirus as ever being a thing, just like people back in the day no longer worry about polio the same because of vaccinations and being able to get rid of, you know, that terrible disease that would paralyze and ultimately kill people. So, uh, you know, I think we have officially finished what we started, Brando. Did you have another thing? Has something dropped? Um, I just saw this. Uh, this came out about an hour ago. On Friday, HBO Max revealed stories about the its upcoming Green Lantern series, announcing that the streamer uh, had ordered 10 episodes of it, right? Um, and, and now Justice League star Ray Fisher is weighing in on the announcement because Graham Smith... Um, at one point, uh, was working on on the Flash film, and he's like, Seth, you know, Seth Graham Smith is an awesome dude through and through. We connected in a big way uh, during his time on 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 the Flash film. He's got a big heart, and I just want to say, uh, and, just, I, and I know he's going to slay Green Lantern. There's no better commander for the core. Well deserved. Oh yeah. So I mean that pretty much leads you to believe that Cyborg is going to be involved in the Flash film, right? I mean, uh, I know that there were negotiation talks to have Ray Fisher in the Flash film, but with everything happening and the fact that WB is creating a bogus investigation into the allegations against Jeff Johns and against Joss Whedon. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. Couldn't make it out. (laughs) We almost made it to the end of the episode, but I, I, I just had to it, like extend it. Man, it just all of a sudden hit me, that sneeze, and I was like, I'm going to survive this, not... <laughs> Bless you. So, yeah, man. Uh, okay, well, I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, the Ray Fisher stuff just depends. Depends on how WB and, and everybody moving forward, how they treat him and how serious they take his allegations. And if they don't, I don't see him in the Flash movie, honestly. I know there's rumors that he's going to be, but we'll, we, we'll have to wait and see. Now, this, dang it, an, another another freaking leak. I don't know about this, though. Um, well, okay, so... Mm, mm. So, Hawkeye is... is, is, is exp- man, we're just extending this episode, but, but, but I'll get through it as, as quick as I can. This is not from one of our notable sites. This isn't from the one you don't like, but it's from somebody else. So, rumor and innuendo here, but it also kind of ties in because a certain somebody uh, raised his hand about wanting to be involved <clears throat> in said Spider-Man film. Um, okay. Hawkeye, Hawkeye is expected to begin filming soon in Disney Plus series. I was likely to see Clint Barton training Kate Bishop. The fan favorite Archer who eventually assumes the Hawkeye moniker. Um, while Marvel's yet to confirm which villains might the pair might battle, the latest Hawkeye tease an, a notorious villain whose potential could set up Spider-Man 3. Casting leak obtained by Mercy's Multiverse suggests that Hawkeye is looking for a deaf 8-year-old indigenous actress to, pay, to, to play. Echo. Echo. 
Oh my god, that's amazing. David Mack created Echo. That's awesome. A skilled martial artist and acrobat in the comics, Echo's face is marred with white handprint that is left behind by her father being killed by his boss, Wilson Fisk. Fisk. Yep. Oh, baby. Holy shit, dude. Okay, so Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Wilson Fisk goes to Disney Plus. Oh, baby. Dude, oh. Brandon, do you know what that means? 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 Or just like jog in place. Daredevil. Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Can we get him? Can we get him? Because you know what I also heard? I don't know if this is true. I want to say it was either the end of last month or the end of this month that Daredevil rights have reverted back to Marvel officially. Like the the the, the Netflix the, series. Yes. 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 So if that's true, oh shit. Uh huh. Like I want to clap harder, but I know that I don't have the proper it's just, microphone it, to. It's still to rumor. It. It's still rumors, but you know what? I'm I'm on board. Take it with a grain of salt, but I call that a plausible rumor for sure. That is a plausible rumor, Brando. I would be in line for that shit. Same, same. Well, we've been humans being here on this episode, Brando, and I think we're going to go ahead and finish what we started. Do you agree that we're at a good stopping point on this one today, or do we have more headlines and deadlines late breaking? Nope, that is it. I, I'm not looking at it anymore. <laughs> awesome. All right, folks. Well, as always, you can check out Journey to Comics at several different places. Obviously, if you're watching on Facebook right now, thank you so much for streaming the podcast on Facebook Live. Make sure to share it, comment, like the page itself. You know, it, go to our YouTube, subscribe, where you can also get the backlog of all the other JIC shows and other shows that are on our network. Go to journeyintocomics.com where you can get the archive for all the shows across the Journey into Comics network and its entire 1,200 episode history. You can also go to any of the different podcasting platforms, your Apple Music, your Spotify, your Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Podbean, and many others. Just search journey into comics network that one feed is most likely all you will need uh, we've got some cool stuff coming up on the network here in the very near future also want to make sure you guys are checking out game addicts podcast make sure to get them on all the same amazing podcasting platforms i just mentioned as well as game addicts podcast.com or is it just game addicts.com right i don't remember it's game what's podcast. the dot com it's it, it is game addicts podcast yep which you can also find on journeyintocomics.com. Just go to our affiliates tab and you can just click directly over to Brando and make it super quick and easy for you. But Brando, this has been Journey Into Comics 317, the best of both worlds. And I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, I've been Nate. I've been Brando. And as always, folks, pop your caps back, shred a mean fucking Eddie Van Halen solo, baby, and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys. <laughs>